You are now listening to the Fantasy Whisper Podcast with your hosts, Johnny, Game Time Hicks, and Big Travi. Hello and welcome. Today, May 15th, this is episode number four of the Fantasy Whisperers Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Game Time Hicks, and on the other side of the screen, we got my main man, Travi. How's it going? I am so pumped right now, Johnny. We got a lot of content coming out on the website, thefantasywhispers.com. And now we're live again for our second straight episode. Jacked right now, bro. Dude, life is great right now in the fantasy world. I got to mention it because my Phoenix Suns got that number one pick. But when you go to a football game and you see the jersey of another team that's not even playing, how does that make you feel? Oh, I get so upset. But at the same time, I have also been a victim of that. I remember it was two years ago. I was randomly in Denver visiting a friend, and Green Bay was playing in a very big, uh, like, win-and-you're-in playoff game against Detroit. And I was wearing the Packers gear. And just like I would probably do in their situation, a lot of the fans were like, hey, wrong stadium, bro. You're at the wrong game. Heckling me pretty good. I I would totally do the same. I hate it. I think it's – I. I do point it out when I see it. I'm like, that guy's, what is that guy doing? All right. Well, we got a great show planned for you guys today. We're talking about those rookie wide receivers and what fantasy impact they might have. Again, if this is your first time joining us, if you're a new fantasy football member, uh, we will be doing a fantasy football intro in the next few weeks. So hang with us, continue to go live with us every Tuesday night around eight o'clock. And we'll teach you how to play this awesome, awesome game of fantasy football. You can also listen to us on iTunes, Twitter, Stitcher, and uh, Google Play. And you can head over to our website at thefantasywhispers.com. Like Travis alluded to, we do have our rankings up and ready to go to look at that, as well as a couple of awesome articles written by John Credit and Matt Potman. So check those out. All right, Travis, you ready to get this one started? Let's rock and roll, brother. All right, who you taking with your first pick as a potential fantasy star? Well, I had to go with the easy one here, and just because it's easy doesn't mean it's untrue. I love Calvin Ridley. The Atlanta Falcon, Falcons loved him too. They picked him 26th in the first round. At six foot one, 189, he had 4'4", speed, meaning he could go big at any single point. He really maximizes his distance and creates separation could be the best route runner of all the rookies in the entire draft class. And he, he's likely going to slide into the starting role opposite Julio. And that's because, you know, Mohamed Sanu, who I know you would probably be thinking as their number two, ran 60% or more of his routes in the slot. I think that Calvin Ridley will slide right into that opposite side of Julio. And Matt Ryan has thrown for 25 more or 25 or more touchdowns in six of the last eight years. And Julio has only topped 10 or more touchdowns once. So we're talking about a lot of touchdowns to go around for a guy that consistently throws touchdowns in Matt Ryan. And I I like Calvin Ridley's shot to be scoring those touchdowns. I do have a little bit of concern with his size and some of the drops he had in college. But other than that, I think he's the number two guy. And, you know, another year under Sarkeesian, the, the Falcons should be back to, you know, two years ago for him. I do agree with a couple of those statements. You know, I, I do think Atlanta will kind of have a bounce back year. They weren't actually that bad when you looked at their numbers in total last year. However, I think that 
Julio's I, I just Julio's touchdowns are just kind of fluky right now as far as him not receiving touchdowns. He's actually getting a lot of targets. They're just not accurate targets in the end zone. So I do see Julio this next season having an increase in touchdowns. And I just think that there's just too many other options and reliable options for really to really make a, a really big fantasy impact this season. I really do like him once Julio starts tailing off at the end of his career. I mean, you say that I I love I would love if Julio scored more touchdowns, but he just hasn't done it. And that's my concern, like only topping the 10 touchdowns in a season once. That's that's huge for me. So, I mean, he's been playing there for a while now. You would think he'd get it down with Matt Ryan. It just doesn't seem to be happening. All right. Well, I'm going to move on to my guy because I think he's more interesting than yours. And I'm going to let Brittany kick it off for me. Yep, that's right. I'm going with DJ Moore. I can't believe you didn't pick this guy. I mean, essentially, he has a shoe-in to get on the field this season. He only has Devin Funches in front of him for that number one wide receiver and then that, that, that top WR1. And then I'm not worried about Torrey Smith coming in. And then you got Curtis Samuel there, who they did spend a, a pretty high draft pick on last year. However, he's recovering from an ankle injury. I don't see him being productive this season if he gets back. DJ Moore is super reliable. He only had 1.5% drop rate in college. That's extremely impressive. Cam Newton needs a guy who has sure hands. Think of Greg Olson. Greg Olson has those really strong and pulls in a lot of catches. I, I really like DJ Moore in Carolina's offense. I like the fact that he can play both inside and outside receiver. So, you know, look for your things, with, especially when defenses aren't going to focus on him as much as they're going to game plan for Devin Funches or Christian McCaffrey. So I like where he landed. I, I think he's a definite potential in the late rounds, a late round flyer. I have him ranked around 75 in my personal rankings, and I believe we have him around there total combined. I think you ranked him uh, right around where I did. Yeah, I would say my only concern with DJ Moore is just a concern for Carolina in general. They don't typically use wide receivers in that um, elite way that other quarterbacks do. Cam loves to run it. He loves to throw to Greg Olson. And now they got him the shiny new toy of McCaffrey, kind of like you were talking about. What, you know, what I do like about DJ Moore is he got a huge vote of confidence out of Steve Smith. So anytime that guy who had an ex insane work ethic and a ton of passion, you know, you get a vote of confidence from that guy, you must be legit. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be great. All right. I want to kick it over to real quick, Travi. We have a, a comment. I'm going to pop up here and Matt Popvin. He wrote a comment. I'm not sold on DJ Moore. Panthers offense revolves around Cam Newton. So he does side with you on that on that topic. But um, I think he I, just re yeah, he just kind of reiterates what I was saying there about how it does flow through Cam Newton first. And like I said, I like his skill. I like um, his ability to be their number one wide receiver threat, but does that make him a number one option in the offense? Not in my opinion. So Yeah, that's fair. Who you got up next for us? Well, how about them Cowboys, Johnny? All right. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> That's right. How about them Cowboys indeed? Well, I like the 81st pick that the Cowboys used to get Michael Gallup. He played for Colorado. He's a six foot, 200 pound, six foot one, excuse me, 200 pound wide receiver with Dez, Witten, and Bryce Butler all exiting. That opens up 252 targets in Dallas. 
And who better than the six foot one, 200 pound Gallup? He had 100 catches on uh, last year, 100, I'm sorry, 1,413 yards. You know, as far as pro football focus is concerned, he had two of the best years graded of all wide receivers. He was superb with the back shoulder throws, and he had a great feel for route running. Literally, there's no number one target in Big D now. And with Dak's style, where he rolls out and he creates plays, I think Gallup's perfect, the perfect kind of playmaking ability kind of guy. And Dallas runs a lot of those wide receiver screens. Gallup racked up the third most yards on wide receiver screens with 250 last year. The best shot, I'm the, I'm the most excited about Gallup, mostly for opportunity. I think there's nobody there ahead of him. He slides right in as their number one guy, in my opinion. All he's got to do is work on uh, is the chemistry with Dak. And I think of all these guys we're going to talk about today, he has the best chance to be the highest scoring rookie wide receiver. Yeah, I think there's a lot of potential there, especially in Dallas. Obviously, you touched on it. Des Bryant gone. I'm not really worried about the Beasles back there. And they, they want him to be their number one. They drafted him for that reason. I think he'll be a nice guy to watch, definitely in training camp to see exactly what kind of connection he has with Dak. All right, I'm going to jump to my my second guy who I think down the road, maybe maybe not as big of an impact this year, but next year I, I definitely like him. So if you're in a dynasty league or some kind of keeper league, I would definitely snag him in the later rounds because he will be a guy to take a lot of shots. All right. And that is guy we just drafted, Christian Kirk from Arizona Cardinals. He's, he's only 5'11", 200 pounds, but he will move to the outside. He played the majority of his snaps in the slot, so 90% of what he played in college was from the slot position. Obviously, we all know that Larry Fitzgerald now owns the slot, one of the best wide receiver, if not the best wide receiver, to play the slot currently. He ran a 4.47, which isn't it's kind of in that that mediocre, you know, it's not fast, but it's not slow either. He's really good at creating space after cuts, which is really nice to have. And so on his post routes and on his in routes are what he's most effective on. Well, I know you're going to bust up laughing, but if Brad, if Sam Bradford stays healthy, and I know that's a, a major if, okay, then you could see a really great connection between Christian Kirk and Sam Bradford. I mean, Sam Bradford throws 116% passer rating on the post and 143.5% passer rating on the in. That is great. That is so much above the average NFL quarterback. He will be a factor on sweet plays. That's already been uh, talked about by the coaches. He's got very good hands, only had about 3.6% drop rate in college. He's currently ranked my number 73 wide receiver, and he's currently going undrafted. But I would definitely take a shot on this guy in, you know, like the 13th, 14th, the 15th round, especially if you're in a keeper league. So we got some traction on your boy here, Kirk, about him being kind of that those off the field issues. We got several guys weighing in about uh, rocks on cars. What's going on here, Johnny? I, hey, some things are. <laughs> I'm not even worried about that. That's so minute, dude. Come on. Come at me when you have real problems. They they keep trying my, to throw shade on all the Cardinals picks, and it's just haters going to hate, dude. My favorite comment, John, I see you out there. Haven't we all had unfortunate incident at the Phoenix Open, though? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is very, very true. Been right. there, huh? <laughs> Been there. Uh, all right. Who, who do you have up next? We were talking about uh, – 
great names for rookies last week a little bit with Carryon Johnson. I want to continue the trend with my third guy I like here. Remember this name, Johnny. Equinemius Tristan Imatep J. St. Brown. Wow, very wow. Hey, kudos, kudos. <laughs> Took me a while to figure out how I pronounced all those, but he right. is a wide receiver out of Notre Dame uh, with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I'm not a homer here. I just think that, you know, the Packers have a very pass-happy offense. Rodgers has thrown 30-plus touchdowns in six out of his nine years. And who did he throw the most touchdowns to in those nine years? That would be Jordy Nelson. And Jordy Nelson is gone. And the man that they call White Chocolate ran a 4-5-140. He also was 6-3. So those are the measurements for Jordy Nelson. And St. Brown, on the other hand, ran a 4-4-8-40. So he was quicker. And he's six foot five inches. So he's taller. So we're talking about a guy who is more talented than Jordy sliding into a role that could potentially be the number one guy again for a guy that throws a ton of touchdowns. He moves wait a really second, well. Wait a second. You're going to jump. You're jumping all the way to say he's going to be Aaron Rodgers' number one guy. I'm saying if he puts in the work in mm-hmm. training camp, if he comes through, he is the, he's their biggest, fastest target for Danger. the red zone. Danger. Oh, no way, dude. No way. All right. Well, <laughs> I think he moves really well for a big man, and he could benefit from that Green Bay, you know, schoolyard play. He moves. He has a great feel for the movement downfield, and he could get open and do some damage with that big body. Okay. Well, we got we got a request from from our crowd. We got Chris Hannon over here. He has he has a a, a question for you, Travis, and that's can you say his name one more time? Gladly, Equinemius Tristan Imatep J Saint Brown. Wow. I, dude, I give you kudos. I'm not even going to attempt that, but I just, I think, and okay, let's start off with, is he going to be super reliable? I, I mean, there's still Randall Cobb there. You still have Devonte Adams. I just don't, I mean, you have Jimmy Graham in there now as well, although I'm not super high on Jimmy Graham, that's still targets. So I'm just not finding the targets coming his way essentially in order to have enough fantasy value. I would rather take guys like Christian Kirk, or the guy that I'm about to talk about, I would rather take those guys over a uh, six-round wide receiver. I'm sorry. I, I know six I rounds. Get your, I get your concern here, but, I mean, Jordy Nelson was – I mean, Rodgers has, over the years, made wide receivers who they are. If you look at Jordy Nelson, the reason he had all these touchdowns were these long post routes where he got open because of his speed, and he was able to catch, and he had great height. There's tons of touchdowns to score. I'm talking about a guy who is bigger and faster than Jordy Nelson. So as long as he does exactly what Jordy did in that offense, you're looking at the same kind of touchdowns. Just my opinion. Yeah, it is just your opinion. All right. I'm (laughs) going to jump into this guy who I absolutely love. I was kind of debating on whether I should put him as my training camp sleeper or have him as a guy that I love. As I research him more, I just, I, I became more and more in love with him, actually. And that's a guy, Anthony Miller. Okay, he, this guy gets drafted by the Bears, okay? Not only was he drafted in, a, in the second round, which is a high second rounder, but the Bears actually paid a fourth rounder and a second rounder in order to move up to get this guy. That shows that they really, really want him, okay? Or it shows that the Bears just love to move up for guys like they <laughs> did for Mitchell Trubisky last year. Hey, but... Mitch is looking all right. He's looking okay. But check this out. This guy, he's he has he ha he's a he's a gamer, you know. He just he sent a letter to 
the NFL GMs in order to promote how much he's a hard worker and he's a gamer. The, he only has to overcome Taylor Gabriel in order to start. We know what Taylor Gabriel is. This guy's a bigger, faster, stronger Taylor Gabriel. And not only that, but he is great on screens. He had 19 missed tackles on 96 catches last year. So that's like 20% of his catches. He broke a tackle and on his way to averaging 6.9 yards after the catch. You love that as a fantasy football player. Really good at contested catches. He had one of the highest rates when it came to uh, touchdowns, uh, contested touchdown catches. However, he does experience like some kind of turf monster as far as knocking down the ball on boneheaded easy or seems to be easy catches. He kind of drops them from time to time, but he really generates a lot of buzz and he's already generating a lot of buzz in the Bears minicamp. So I, I fully expect him to jump Taylor, uh, Taylor Gabriel and take that number two wide receiver spot. And, and he has a lot of upside to me. I think this Bears offense is going to take it up this season and, and be decent. Well, you can take the risk with, that comes with drafting a bunch of Bears players. I will be staying away. All right. Sucks to be you. <laughs> All right. Who who uh, who you want to talk about next? So um, a guy that I, I, I think we're going to move on here to guys that we don't particularly love their fits. Uh, or where they landed. And a guy, I'm, I'm basically going to pick this guy because of where he landed and because I love his talent so much. Antonio Callaway, he was a wide receiver from Florida. Uh, he's been drafted by the Cleveland Browns at the 105th pick. Um, I'm a few, I'm a huge fan of his talent. Um, they moved up to get this guy, but I'm frustrated because it went to Cleveland. They already have Josh Gordon. They already have Jarvis Landry. And Coleman, if Coleman gets on the field and stays healthy, I mean, they've got three guys ahead of this guy. Um, he already has off the field issues and was suspended a whole year last year. Uh, he had a credit card fraud in uh, incident. And then coming up to the combine, he had diluted urine. Um, he also admitted to smoking uh, weed prior. So here's the Cleveland Browns great idea. Have Josh Gordon mentor him. I don't know about that one. I'm not trusting that. Um, he does, however, have the big playability, and I love what his prospect. What are you trying to insinuate? He is clean now, Travis. He is clean, okay? Listen, I, I am all about turning your life around, but maybe, you know, wait for a few years of being clean and not just like, oh, I, I'm clean since yesterday. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, really, really, though, big ups to Josh Gordon for turning his life around and getting back on the field. I am in no way knocking that. But um, – I do think that there's something there for Callaway. So if your league allows you like special teams points, if your guy's a punt returner, I think he could be very valuable for Cleveland in that aspect on special teams. Uh, but other than that, I really wish just for long-term and short-term that he would have landed on, you know, maybe even the Bears, um, a wide receiver hungry team. I kind of like, I think we're in agreement that Cleveland is that dark horse team and they've kind of got their talent set right now. Mm -hmm. I definitely think so. Um, I I don't I don't disagree with those points. For me, it's hard to get excited about them. I don't yeah. I don't think I don't think it's your worst pick that you made. But I'm not I'm not super super excited on them. I'm not gonna lie. I think my picks are better than yours. Yeah. Well, I if you would listen to me, I told you I don't like where he get he went. He's not he's oh. my worst fit. <laughs> oh okay okay. All right. yeah. I got really confused for a second. Okay yeah. sorry. I okay so. So wait a second, Johnny. My guy's from Denver here, Corbin Reed, my buddy. He's asking yeah. me about Cortland Sutton. And my other buddy, Chris Hannon, who we've talked about a little bit, also a Denver fan, Brett Zabo out there, they want to know about Cortland Sutton. All right, so I, I, I'm going to 
post Corbin's question, he, he said Cortland Sutton. And in short, Cortland Sutton, I do not like where this guy landed. I think that he he landed in an extremely crowded backfield. I like his talent. I do like his talent a lot. I thought that coming into this draft, I, I was really hoping he would fall to the Cardinals in the second round. That's how much I, I enjoyed him. I, I just don't like his situation. And you're talking about you've already got a really good one-two punch combo at uh, at on the outside. And then you, you have a quarterback in Case Keenum that who really knows if he's going to be good or not. He had one good season, one good season. That doesn't mean that he's going to come in. And like we talked about in the last episode, okay, that offensive line is, is decent. I gave him a pretty, pretty easy, decent on that when like second glance, it's, it's actually kind of bad. And so I'm nervous about, yeah, I'm, I'm nervous about Case Keenum. And so I just don't think there's going to be enough balls to go around, you know, for Cortland Sutton to be fantasy relevant this season. I like his size, but when you have Demarius Thomas on the outside, you don't need much more size than that. And then, you know, you, you're looking at potential passes out of the backfield. You're, I just don't see any catches or significant amount of catches for Cortland Sutton. So I, I do not I like where he came, where he went. Yeah, I think he'll be a guy to watch. He's not somebody I'm looking at, you know, extensively in redraft leagues, unless something were to happen to like Emmanuel Sanders or Demarius Thomas in training camp or leading up to the draft. But right now, like he's a guy you got to keep an eye on in the next couple of years because he could work his way in, you know, into the fold there in Denver. For sure. Okay. Next up, we have the guy you really, really want to keep an eye on in Westbrook. <laughs> my biggest whisper in training camp is uh james washington he's a wide receiver from oklahoma state he's he went to the pittsburgh steelers and um i just really like having a piece of the steelers offense and so this guy should slide right in he's 5'11 205 pounds at a high powered passing attack Brian, um you know martavis bryant is gone he's been traded to the raiders and in bryant's rookie year when he got drafted he was the 28th um, best scorer in fantasy points per game. So I do think that there's an opportunity there for this guy. To Washington is highly efficient. He's a deep threat with uh, four or five speed. He led the nation in deep yards and with 815 yards, and he's excellent in and out of his routes. I think with that offense and Antonio Brown and obviously Juju Smith-Schuster, he could see a lot of soft coverage. And so I think that you have an opportunity with a home run hitter in uh, James Washington. I just want to read you a quote that Mike Tomlin had on Washington after they drafted him. Yeah, go ahead, because I'm about to shoot this guy down. Uh, similarly to Juju, we loved his overall game, his physicality, his sure hands, his strong hands, his running ability after the catch. His resume speaks for itself. He's going to be an early contributor for us. I mean, they're already planning. They're salivating at working him into the lineup right now. So okay. I just think that's a guy to to keep an eye on in training camp for sure. I I could not disagree with you anymore. And here's why. Okay. James Washington goes into an offense where let's see, they have the best, arguably the best and the arguably the number one drafted fantasy player in Le'Veon Bell. Okay. That's the number one option. He's getting 30 touches a game. Then you got you look to the outside and you got Antonio Brown. Oh, just who happens to be the number one wide receiver that comes off the board on average around the fifth pick right now, fourth or fifth pick, depending on who you ask. So that guy gets about 11 targets a game. So that's already 41 targets just between those two guys. Now let's add in Juju Smith, who I actually do like. I think that he has a lot of value this year. 
And like you said, I do want a part of this offense. However, he is going to get about eight to 10 targets as well. So now you're talking about a lot of targets, you know, for a team that threw the ball a ton. But typically, how many how many offensive snaps does a team run in an average NFL game? The answer is around 70. Okay, so you're already looking at about 60 between those three options. You want to you want to throw in their uh, their tight end because they like to throw to the tight end. So So let me just so I I just don't see where you're going to get. Let me let me just repeat my you know points here. Four five speed and eight hundred and fifteen deep yards last year. We've seen meaning this. he will hit the home run. He only needs okay. five targets, so half of the available targets that you spoke about. He only needs the five to get it done because two of those he's gonna take to the house. Oh my gosh. We've seen this before in Martavis Bryant. They just got rid of him because guess right. what? And like he I said, upset. in Bryant's rookie year, he saw the twenty-eighth best fantasy points per game. This guy is you know, borderline third top 30 okay, wide receiver who potential. Who That's what I'm saying. Options. Check it out. I Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, okay. the guys you just okay. complained to me about being three option. He was a right. number three option. He would be the number four option at best in this offense right maybe, now. If maybe, not, maybe they love him. No, maybe, maybe they maybe they love him. Tomlin was just singing his praise. I I completely disagree. I'm just saying, keep an eye on him in training camp. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I'll keep a not even a smidgen. I'll be like this, like half asleep. Not even not even half of the more than half asleep eye on this guy because he's gonna do nothing. Okay, I'm gonna talk about a guy who has a lot of potential. And first, I'm gonna show it thanks to Matt Pop, and he kind of spoiled it for me here. He also. Sleeper DJ Shark. It's like he was looking at my notes on my computer screen here. That is who I'm going with. DJ Shark. Okay. Yes, I understand this backfield is crowded in Jacksonville. But when you look at who they just got rid of, and that's Allen Robinson, this guy reminds me a lot of Allen Robinson, but with a with better speed. Okay. He ran a four three four at the NFL combine. His second gear is what will separate him. Talk about a guy who could get long bombs. Now I know Blake Bortles isn't the best fantasy quarterback, but I'm not talking about five targets and hoping I hit on one to two. Okay. I'm talking about this guy getting potentially eight to ten targets a game near the end of the season. Uh, I, I do like him more so in, in deeper dynasty leagues or keeper leagues. I do think he could have some fantasy value this year, depending on who he jumps. Their wide receiver core is not great. It's very limited at best. They just got Moncrief, and he's essentially their best one. They have they have Lee over there as well, but I'm not, I'm not nervous about any of these guys. He only dropped five out of 76 passes in his career. In his career, okay? This guy can catch the ball. He's fast. He adjusts well to off-target throws. He can be that big play, but he can also do the little things that, you know, to make the make up, you know, short yardage. I really, really like this guy. And I think that he has the chance, unlike your pick of James Washington, to actually do something in his offense this year. Yeah, I mean, it's cute i mean you said alan robinson and alan hearns are gone right yeah but blake bortles isn't gone right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so no. i'm kind of worried about that the other thing mm-hmm. is is i think jacksonville had a huge amount of success out of running the football and playing defense last year i don't know that they're in a hurry to start to open up their offense and give more of the power to blake bortles 
who once again, I think we both agree is trash. So yeah. I, it's going to be hard for me to even think with a bunch of targets there. I mean, how many of those targets are going to actually get to him with inaccurate and really bad Blake Bortles? So I, I, yeah. I understand keeping an eye on him because he's got every opportunity, like you said, to be the number one guy there. It's like, just what is the number one guy worth? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I like him. I, I think that I want to keep an eye on him. I want to keep a more of an eye on him than on your guy, James Washington. But that's a debate for another show. That's all we have today, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thanks for all the comments. We truly do appreciate that, and that's how we want to interact with you guys. So, again, like we said in the beginning of the show, we will be live every Tuesday night at 8. For right now, we're talking about doing a possible other, a couple other shows a week. Uh, that might be in the works. But, again, head over to thefantasywhispers.com if you want more con content as far as articles and, you know, our player rankings, as well as uh, some other fun stuff that we got going on this week. Uh, we'll be having a couple more uh, articles go up. Travis, yeah. you, have any, you have any words? Well, just a little bit about the content coming out. We uh, spoke a little bit on it, but we're going to start a series, a multi-part series coming next week. It's going to be the ABCs of fantasy football. We understand that a lot of you um, watching or, or maybe at least the ones that have followed and liked us are supporting me and Johnny, and we appreciate the love. But we'd also like to see if you guys are interested in you – no, know, mm. but we want to see the, the people that don't play that often or maybe are interested in getting, play, getting to play. We want to get them some content. So if you guys just want to hang tight, we're going to have that multi-part series. Like we said, we have John Credit's article, Matt Poppins' articles coming out. And also our friend Chelsea is going to be writing an article on women and – fantasy football so be looking out for those articles also the abc's of fantasy football coming up starting next week like travi said it we're the fantasy whispers you can catch us on itunes stitcher and google play we'll leave descriptions and the links below thank you guys so much for tuning in we'll catch you next time we're out peace thank you for listening to the fantasy whispers podcast hear more from john and travis on google play soundcloud and itunes you can also follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at tf whispers